Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Ada. And I'm Thibaut. Every two weeks, we interview top leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We are on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to submit your questions and guest suggestions, you can join the T-shaped sales community. It's a 10 euro month subscription where you'll get access to one new tactical training every month, a community of sales reps and exclusive events and discounts. Join today and get one month for free at www.saleslabs.io slash TSC. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today I'm receiving uh, another person from Germany. Uh, it's Emil Mar, who is Senior Account Executive at Personio. How are you doing, Emil? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here, Thibault. Yeah, no, Tim. It's really cool to have you because I've seen a lot of things, uh, you know, heard a lot of good things about you. Also seen that you are on top of being an excellent uh, salesperson. You are a very talented bread maker. You also know how to do tables. Uh, and so I think you're, you're very, uh, you have a very interesting uh, background. So um, can you maybe, before we dive into uh, the topic we're going to talk about today, maybe tell us a bit more about you and, and your background? Yeah, sure. Um, well, what is, what is interesting about me? Um, I think the way how I ended up in sales, um, um, I'm actually a mechanical engineer, so it's pretty um, un unusual. Um, you, you're correct. I started uh, making bread uh, in the last lockdown. Um, I live in Berlin, um, even though Personio is uh, headquartered in Munich. Um, I live in two cities, actually. Um, so I'm, I really like to be around my colleagues when the office is open. So there remains um, a room in, in Munich as well. I'm from there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, uh, building wooden, wooden furniture was uh, or is um, something, um, if I find a time, I, I also really like to do. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I, I think I'm a, I'm a team guy. Been doing team sports in the past uh, have been standing on on stages throughout my life um, during school i did theater and, and and these kind of things yeah okay and so so you said something interesting is that uh you are by training a mechanical mechanical engineer and um and so it it seems like you didn't end up in the right job based on your training so <laughs> can you tell me a bit more about that yeah, that was in that was in 2016. Um, I came back from um, half a year in Sweden. That was in my master's. I studied at uh, Technical University in Munich. Um, you know, life in Sweden is expensive, so I was back in Munich. Had mm -hmm. not too much money left. Um, and then uh, one of the founders of Personio approached me. Um, Roman, he's um, he's a friend of mine. Um, we know each other throughout uh, our times when we were studying. And um, yeah, I've seen 
I've seen the guys building up Personio from scratch. Mm -hmm. He he even visited me um, when I was in Sweden, and they made me curious because um, it was more important for them to take care of their their customers, which they already had back then, mm -hmm. rather than going with me on the biggest party um, Sweden sees once once uh, a year in Uppsala. So um, why they had the, that kind of um, prioritization um, made me interested. So I, I was at their office one weekend and um, studied from there. Um, that way, Hanno, the, the CEO of Personio, um, uh, met me. We talked a little bit. And yeah, two weeks later, they had this idea that I can be the first office manager <laughs> of Personio building building some wooden furniture for them. Um, but that was the, the plan for only one, one and a half months. Mm -hmm. um, and their idea was that I, I can be the first sales guy of Personio after being an office manager, mm -hmm. um, which sounded at first to me a little bit strange. I told them, guys, I'm, I'm soon done with my mechanical engineering masters i'm going to be an engineer so how how do you think that fits um yeah but then i saw the office i realized okay there are not even 10 people right now but they plan um, an office which will fit 120 people so there there must be something around that mm -hmm. um so well then i started building wooden furniture and um, things unrolled itself afterwards Okay, and so so basically, like, how come they they asked you to to do sales, or you were you were basically like uh, uh, helping with uh, setting up the office, and what got you into actually just do do sales? Um, well, I think the first idea I got um, was that any business has to do sales, right? So. Um, Getting getting a glance, even if it were, was just for a few weeks, um, getting a glance of how sales works um, is not a bad thing at all. Um, I will get to know more about um, businesses and understand them even further. Back then, I already realized that um, I don't really fit into those big corporates. Mm -hmm. um, I need an agile um, surrounding. I need people who are driven by impact. Um, I I really enjoyed um, being on side 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 to side with colleagues who are who are really ambitious and um, have this have this big big vision in their minds. Um, so yeah, I I thought it's worth a try, and um, still there. <laughs> okay. And can you explain me maybe like the, the progression? So how did it work? What was the first job and what you're doing now? Um, in the beginning, I basically was responsible for um, the whole sales cycle. So um, in the beginning, it was a lot of inbound lead handling um, and then finalizing them, handing them over to, to implementation. So full sales cycle in the beginning and that was really fast paced so a lot of learnings in there um i then or we then realized okay to scale up um we should not only rely on inbound leads we we should also build up an outbound performance um i read predictable revenue and by that i really understood um 
I can I can consider a sales team, the sales process, maybe um, a little bit, I can compare it to a machine, you know? Um, that's where I came from. I really like to understand um, how machines work. You put you put some input in there you and you want to gain some output out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and something happens in between. Um, so it's just another black box, which I then had to had to understand. I approach it from this from this um, holistic perspective, and by that I also understood. All right, we um, we really need to understand how to make um, outbound work. Mm-hmm. So after a while, um, I became the first SDR, even though I was already doing, which you can compare it to an account executive role beforehand. So it's quite unusual to step down and do sales development. And um, even though you have been um, closing deals before, mm-hmm. but um, to me, it was really important to to learn sales from scratch, to to do cold calling, to um, to build up cadences, to really to really understand how how to develop um, um, prospects I'm talking to further um, to to make them ready to buy, mm-hmm. and um, so the that's how that's how we then i would say um really started um a classic software as a sales sales approach me being the first sdr um and i've done that for around uh, around a year mm-hmm. um then we were ready to scale up the sales development um department um and i quickly moved then up um back into an ae role um and uh there i'm i'm yeah, I also climbed up the ladder a little bit to be responsible for um, even bigger, bigger accounts um, throughout the the months. Okay, I'm actually curious to know about cold calling in Germany. So a lot of people are, um, you know, talking about it, um, and so there seems to be no playbook, you know, on that. Like uh, in the US, is very common, uh, but in Germany, like I don't really know anyone who's very uh, doing that a lot. So can you tell me a bit more about like your routine there, your results and how, you know, how, how it worked when you were uh, outboarding with the phone in Germany? Um, I think cold calling is um, an important channel which you have to master as an SDR. Mm-hmm. Um, we rely a lot on cold calling, um, definitely. Um, yeah, many people talk about social selling, and I believe you have to be present in social media. That's for sure. But um, you can also waste a lot of time there. Um, I think the most important question you have to have in mind is where does the people you currently um, talk to stand in regards to the bias journey? Mm-hmm. Do they know their problem um, or not? Um, if not, can I change something about this perception? And um, when you have them on the phone, you you can um, move them uh, throughout that journey a lot quicker than you can do via mail, um, even though obviously um, it's one part of a cadence and mm-hmm. you do many things simultaneously. You don't do only cold calling, I believe. You do many things um you may do many things after each other. Um, but if you have built up a certain relationship to someone, um, then this is definitely um, something you shouldn't miss out on, I think. Okay. 
So you include that into your, your sequence, like using email, socials, and also have uh, uh, that. Do you have any kind of opener in Germany or, or what's the, how are people reacting to call calling? Because, you know, we all have this uh, picture of the angry German uh, who's angry at everything all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. And so for me, I feel like for a lot of people, it's very scary to call in Germany because they're going to be, you know, like they're going to call the hair doctor and then they're just going to get in trouble. So <laughs> you have some experience around that? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I think um, even more important than just one line um, to have in mind is having the right mindset when you go onto a into your cold calling session. Um, I identify with the product I sell um, a lot. I understand that we do improve um, and enable better organizations. Um, I see the impact of the overall process um, when in our case, HR departments um, really get freed up this time they waste every day. And um, by that be being enabled to take care of their people. So I really believe in, in the, the good purpose of our product. And with this mindset, um, I, go, I go call them. And um, I think um, it, they, they can call themselves lucky that I chose them to call them and not someone else. I obviously uh, think about the right targeting. I think about the, the ideal customer profile before I build up the list and then I um, call certain people. Um, yeah, but um, when, I, when I then end up um, getting someone on the phone, um, I, I am in many cases pretty honest about what I'm currently doing, that I that I'm working for Personio, that I um, that we help a lot of companies um, which are similar to the, the company, the person I'm currently talking to works in, um, and that we can potentially solve a big problem which they currently have. Um, and yeah, then I'm pretty open about it. I try to understand whether this problem we solve is currently present there. Um, and yeah, in many cases, the first call I do is or has been quite short and it was about getting a another call fixed mm -hmm. um and all i all i was asking for is maybe 15 minutes of their time in the future um but also giving them already a glance of um, what can be the outcome of it so mm -hmm. um to me that that is a is a very suitable approach and in the end um Even in Germany, people work in companies who do sales. <laughs> and um, um, dependent on the level you're uh, talking to, um, they also understand the value of a good salesperson mm -hmm. reaching out to them. Yeah. So um, I think if we at first focus on our mindset, um, then we, we don't have to be afraid of it and just use it, utilize that, that channel. Yeah, sure. And you said something that's interesting. It's... Uh... Um, you know, like even in Germany, people are working companies and, and being able to appreciate like a good outreach and, you know, they have problems to be solved. Um, there's one big kind of, uh, you know, I, now I have a community. I have a lot of people contacting me and every day I get someone, a VP or whatever, say, hey, Thibaut, do you know where I can find a good sales rep who speaks German? And I'm like, this is a good question. You know, mm -hmm. all the good ones seems to be working at Personio or companies like that. So it's very, very challenging to find good salespeople. 
And most, I think, of the underlying reason is because sales is seen as a, a profession, like a very bad profession in Germany. You know, you have this, um, this kind of cultural thing where, for example, in Germany, if you're a doctor, you have to put the doctor thing, whatever. Uh, and, and, and so uh, when you think about sales, you think about insurance salespeople. By the way, one mm -hmm. of the best salesperson I know is my insurance broker. He's the best. I mean, he sold me so many stuff. Um, and then you have like car, you know, repaired car, car salesmen that are kind of also the tradition like thing. So why do you think sales has such a bad reputation in Germany? Um, I I really can relate to what you just said because I um, I mean I could have even done a similar thing um, as you say with a doctor. You know, in Germany you can then uh, after becoming an engineer call yourself. Um, this in your name uh, mm -hmm. and you have yeah. a diploma and then you're a junior diploma um, guy um, so and my grandfather for example he's an engineer as well and mm -hmm. uh, my father too so um, when I then told them I'm going to do sales um, they <laughs> kind of you don't, you don't have inheritance anymore right <laughs> so, so I really I, yeah, <laughs> yeah I really experienced this um, this this topic myself and at the beginning i also thought well this salespeople they're i don't know they grease their hair back and um they um they kind of try to pull people over the table and um yeah don't don't act in the benefits of their customers but rather um in their own behalf um and yeah this perception may be present but i th also think it's changing a lot um and I can see it in, in our company. Um, the reasoning why, and I find it um, really nice that you say it, um, that the, the best salespersons in Germany work for Personio. Um, I think I had um, this idea from the beginning in my mind. I wanted to be part of a supportive sales team um, and um, really um, be different than this stereotype. Um, and the longer I am in sales, I understand um, there isn't this, I don't see that stereotype being present that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are industries where it might be different. Um, software sales, I think, is a very different topic than maybe many other sales jobs um, out there. So we can rather be compared, I would say, to consultants um, mm -hmm. than to, to um, yeah, the, the invoice sales, the, the insurance sales guy. Um, and by being that these kind of consultants, we, we really um, act on a, a high level of transparency mm -hmm. um, because we have to manage expectations um, and um, yeah, find the right customers for our product to um, then build up long lasting relationships with yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah, I think what you said is in software, I think it's very right. And also, I think it comes down to uh, the skills, you know, the skill set. So I think for me, you're a good salesperson if you're resilient uh, and curious. Uh, mm -hmm. Resilience is super important, being able to put in the work when things are not working and just keep working, keep pushing, because it's really an action-oriented uh, thing. So as you said, there's a black box, there's an output, there's an input. So just put as much input as you can, then you get some output and then you kind of start understanding how the black box works. It becomes more and more transparent and then you get an idea. And um, I think it's really um, the tools we have, you know, the way we work where we have sales enablement tools, uh, you know, we have data, we know a lot of things. 
make us like way more relevant compared to uh, the old-fashioned way. And um, I think it was also interesting, and, and I'd like to have your opinion on that. Um, Germany is, has this image, you know, of being an industri industrial nation where it's a very technical nation. So there's technical knowledge in a lot of things. Um, you know, like, for example, we produce vaccines in Germany. We can't even distribute it properly to our population, but that's another question. And uh, this knowledge makes the product is so good that it sells itself, you know. Like, uh, for example, one thing is right, right by my window, there's a crane that has been built in six hours. And if you want a crane in Germany, you have to wait for two years to rent one because it's all overtaken. So it's very, you know, like the products are excellent. They sell themselves just by themselves. And I find that salespeople in Germany traditionally are order takers. And uh, when you go to visit a flat or you want to buy a flat, it's the same kind of behavior where people just don't care about you, especially in Berlin. And it just, the experience is super bad. So my question is, do you think my analysis is right as a Frenchie living in, uh, in Germany that the products, the technical stuff is so good that it sells itself so people didn't develop skills to sell it? Um, that's, a, that's an interesting hypothesis, I think. Um, you might not be completely off track here. Um, but if I look onto my own experience um, in, a, in a software company where we have very ambitious goals, mm -hmm. um, we could have behaved in a similar way. Um, we could have waited until the people um, send in their orders. Um, but on the other hand, um, we we really need to also um, yeah, develop the, the companies for forward. We we kind of have to display to them that there is that their situation which they are currently in mm -hmm. is not good enough. And maybe. Yeah, um, another aspect to add on, on your theory is here that um, Germans <laughs> tend to like to complain, mm -hmm. <laughs> but remain in that, in that state and not change too much about it. Um, yeah. And this is also a perspective I have around um, the role of a salesperson. We are drivers for change. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe we may present um, to a business a problem which they may not even know about yet. Um, and if they solve it, they increase their revenue or mm -hmm. decrease their risk, um, for example. And um, yeah, that is that is something which um, which is maybe deep deep down in the roots of German people, um, but is also currently um, changing definitely. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, and so I'd like to ask you, um, you know, for people who, there's a lot of people who are moving to software sales and uh, they didn't expect that to be their career. And uh, I want to say congrats because actually it's, it's a really, really good career for me. I've always known I would be doing business or sales and I really love it. Um, but let's say you're just getting started. You're an SDR or a full cycle AE in a very small startup. What are like three tips you would give to a person starting in this job? Um, I think what you said before is um, super important. Um, put in your input. Um, accept that this is a black, black box which you don't know yet. <clears throat> and yeah, focus. Focus on or output has to come out of it for sure. But um, don't start to, to optimize too early. Yeah? Just um, 
get things done. Start uh, start um, by doing. Um, don't study too much theory. I I read my first book after um, year um, a year or something, and I haven't read too many sales books to be honest. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I found it uh, way more interesting to really to really learn it um, case by case myself. And um, so this is this is the first first advice: get get yourself rolling. Um, that's that's important. Secondly. Um, own your process. Um, this is what I what I um, what I learned uh, during um, my studies. Um, you only can improve something when you um, have a standard set up. Mm -hmm. If you if you run a process and you do it every time differently, you will not be able to um, identify um, rooms for improvement. Mm -hmm. um, so. After a while, when you have done certain things um, and when you have put in your input, you automatically will understand um, and adapt and um, become more efficient because you do the things automatically which work better. Mm -hmm. But there's a certain time when I think you should um, sit down um, and start owning your process, which means write it down build graphs. Um, however, make your own process uh, transparent to yourself. And by that, you will then be able to optimize it ongoing. And um, yeah, the, in the end, you have to stay curious. Maybe that's the, that's the third part about it. Um, don't become comfortable in, in where you are currently. Um, continuously improve because um, it's super relaxing, to be honest, when you own your process, when you understand it's working, um, when you continuously hit or overachieve your targets, um, then people can say, well, I don't understand why you're in sales. It must be so stressful when you have targets every month, but it doesn't feel like it anymore because you own it and you can rely on it and you know if you follow your process, it will work. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's um, then an achievement, a big achievement, um, which takes time. Um, so stay curious, but also stay calm um, yeah. and put in your work. It will come. Um, don't don't seek for instant gratifications. Don't seek for um, sales hacks or something. Um, things need time, and especially yeah. in sales, um, you you have to work for it. It's not easy. Otherwise, everyone would do it. Mm -hmm. I think what you said is very good is like activity, process, curiosity. Um, the process is something, you know, it's it's not that complicated. If you're a very bad salesperson, just put in 10 times the, the, the amount of work and then get better as you go. But the first thing is have this, this standard, as you said. And for me, like I grew the French market uh, from uh, 0 to 0.5 million in two years mm -hmm. and a half uh, for applause. And it was purely on outbound, you know, just process like an input and then some output and then adapting as you go and as you said it's very comforting one thing though that i would add is if you keep performing and overperforming your targets will increase so that's that's uh, they will always increase so just <laughs> also be prepared for that but it's a good thing you know it's uh, if your target increases because you're doing a good job you often make more money uh, you get more opportunities so that's very interesting you know with sales if you get some results there's traction you know and it builds up 
And one thing you have to do is while you have your traction, keep prospecting, keep inputting some input and then it compounds and it goes really, really fast. And yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a good way to approach that. I'd, I'd like to add one, one more thing because this was, this was also a, a crucial part for me personally. Um, share your learnings with your peers. Um, get your peers in, in also inside your process. Show them how you work um, and get their opinion on your process and mm -hmm. um, share the different approaches. In the end, it will not result in everyone doing the same thing yeah. because we are all different and um, we all like to do um, minor things differently but um, by sharing by sticking your heads together um, we, we are able to to improve it um, even further yeah. I really like to to work very closely also with my SDRs um, and by that um, we automatically even though we didn't plan improve other skill sets um, ongoing um, because we do trainings or we become mentors um, these kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great. Thanks, Emil. So um, uh, any last word on, uh, on your end, uh, you know, maybe where people can find you, reach out to you if they have questions. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, if, if you have questions, um, as I said before, I'm, I'm happy to share um, learnings from my path um, You find me on LinkedIn. Um, also, if you're curious about learning sales from scratch, um, keep in mind that you all, all the things I said um, are influenced by the environment you're in. So um, if you plan on starting in sales, um, check out the environment where you will end up in and get to know the, the peers um, Get, get to know obviously your supervisors and understand how supportive is the environment and mm -hmm. um, if you if you um, think about learning sales um, reach out um, Persona is a great place and uh, we are hiring um, still um, uh, a lot of people and um, I like <laughs> to keep the phrase that the best sales people in Germany work for our company because I believe that's probably true Okay, cool. Thanks. So I'll put the links in the show notes to uh, your LinkedIn profile and the Personio uh, page. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Emil, for coming on the show. That was really interesting. And see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear and you want to suggest a topic or a guest, you can join the T-shaped sales community. It's a 10 euro a month subscription where you'll get access to one new tactical training every month a community of sales reps and exclusive events and discounts. Join today and get one month for free at www.saleslabs.io/tsc.